I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need a fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. The Final Furlong Podcast with Emmett Kennedy is proudly brought to you by All About Sunday, the ultimate racehorse ownership experience. Download the app and get involved today. All About Sunday, we love racing. And by our official betting partner, Kaluki Sportsbook, the market-leading messenger betting service, providing best odds guaranteed on UK and Irish horse racing, plus with the option of instant withdrawals. Visit kalukisportsbook.com to sign up now and we pulling on up to cork on saturday as scarlet witch runs with the codfather on board oh that's exciting that is very very exciting uh so scarlet witch will run in the final race at cork on saturday it's the 358 jamie caught on board lisa neal was brilliant last time but the codfather back from suspension so returns and um, we should have a lot of fun. Looking forward to it. Cork's a fantastic race course as well. And it's also quite handy that it's only half an hour away from where I'll be. So that's brilliant too. So we're going to be on a night out. Uh, pull on up to Cork and um, see Scarlet Witch run 3.58 on Saturday as part of All About Sunday. And Kaluki, of course, will have some fantastic offers and prices for you which you should be looking out for as Rory DeLarge takes us through the weekend's racing. Rory DeLarge you and I were talking off air we don't normally do this but oh my god are we so excited for the weekend's racing as as Jim Bowen used to say on Bullseye it gets no better (laughs) (laughs) I'm, I'm more than happy I'll just say this. I'm more than happy that I'm going to be in Cork um, watching the Witcher run. I'm more than happy that I'll be watching Wanda Maximoff run because uh, this, yeah. Hey, we'll find you winners. And here we go. Uh, the 150 at Sandown sees Gunside Ridge as currently your favorite, uh, I believe. Let me just make sure of this with Kaluki. Yes. Uh, Kaluki go 13 to 8 about Gunside Ridge uh, with Numenerator. 4-1. Uh, Moonlighter, 11-2. Up the straight, 13-2. Bondorn, 8. All the greats in here. 
Monsieur Lecoq nines. Draghi, take it away, son. Uh, who do you like in the first race that we're proving? I can see why why Gunsight Ridge is a reasonably short price. He's a consistent sort um, who's taken um, taken pretty well defenses, and you can um, you can read uh, plenty more into a second to a long press at extra last time, given what the the winner has done in two starts since. Um, that is a um, that's a good performance on paper. You could uh, the, the the first thing you could say about this is you could say that this is a horse who's generally been racing at um, a slightly lower level. Um, he's running in class three and four hurdles last season. His two runs so far have been in class three chases, but he's run into a proper grade one horse last time out. So that's that's uh, largely irrelevant. Um, of a mark of, of one two seven, um, he's got within. Um, six lengths of a horse who's now rated in the mid-150s. Um, they were 10 lengths clear of, uh, of Long Shanks, um, who hasn't done much for the form since, in fairness. He was disappointing next time out, but he's a, he's a, a hard horse to, um, to predict as Long Shanks. He's got ability, but he's inconsistent. Mm. Um, and while I'd be a little bit wary of, um, of, of reading that form um, literally, um, clearly Long Press has improved a... Um, a chunk since um, Exeter, um, it's still a um, it's still a very good um, looking effort on paper in the, especially in the context of this race because there are plenty of question marks over over most of the field, um, and um, he's only got up three pounds uh, for that defeat. And as I said, with um, with the improvement the winner has shown since, um, that looks that looks pretty fair. It has to be said. Handles um, all grind it seems. Uh, he's got very similar form on, on uh, good ground and heavy ground. It was soft at Exeter. It's going to be um, uh, soft, good to soft at Sandown at the weekend. Again, you know, we're, we're in the lap of the gods, really. But I don't see it. I don't see it being um, being heavy on the chase. Of course, it will be very testing on the hurdles. Of course, it always tends to be the case. But um, current the, going the chase- current going is soft. But you are right that we're in the lap of the gods. And by the way, it started to snow here in. Uh, oh, I was in Kilkenny actually that night. Uh, it started to snow in Kilkenny, and I can tell you for a fact that the weather forecast was not for snow. Now it didn't last because there'd been so much rain, but still, it like plummeted down to minus three, and it, later on in the night. But at the time, it was zero, and snow started falling from the sky. Um, in Cork, where I am right now, uh, it's a lovely day, beautiful day, freezing. So all the heating's on in the apartment. But um, yeah, you're 100% right. We're in the lap of the gods when it comes to weather forecasts and trying to judge where it is. Because I don't think they've been getting it right lately, personally. Yeah. Um, and again, the, the, the issue to bear in mind, particularly with Sandown, is that the the hurdles course um, gets much deeper and can be can be really attritional at this time of the year. Chase course, uh, obviously, it can do as well, but it's, um, it tends to be um, a step behind the hurdles in terms of... Um, off the going, i.e. if it's heavy on the hurdles course, it's liable to be soft on the chase course. Um, so that's that's worth bearing in mind. But he's, listen, he's he's proven on heavy ground. He's proven over further as well. Um, he's effective at, uh, at two miles. He led long press. Um, you know, he, he, he led um, until the second last fence, actually, and then uh, uh, long press um, stormed, stormed past him to win by six lengths. There was only a pound between that pair at the weights, both six-year-olds as well. So you know, there's plenty of um, parallels to be drawn between between them. Um, I'd normally be a little bit wary of horses um, like him who've who've shown uh, decent form um, and are sneaking into into um, races like this off the bottom weight. Um, because sometimes it can be a it can be a bigger test um, stepping up to class two from class three. Usually it is. I'm not sure this is a hugely competitive uh, class two event um, to say the least. Um, plenty of these are are regressive. Uh, Bundoran, um, Paddy's poem, eleven-year-olds, um, Moonlighter, just a a horse who's more than capable of winning on his day, um, but a record with um, two pulled-ups and a fall um, in his last six starts gives you an idea of how frustrating Moonlighter can be. Yeah. Um, he he can't. Uh, the big worry with Moonlighter for me uh, isn't the fact that he's a, a dodgy jumper. Um, because when his jumping comes together, he can look very good as he did when winning over course and distance 
um, last February. But actually, he, he didn't seem to do anything wrong at Cheltenham last time out until the latter stages. He, he jumped well, he travelled well, um, he, he's, he's traded even money in running in the race one by editor to gate, but he found nothing off the off the bridle that day. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was really disappointing because it looked like, you know, for once you're going to get the the, um, um, the performance from Moonlighter that, that he's promised a few times. Um, but after travelling well um, and jumping soundly for most of the way, his finishing effort was very disappointing. So that's that's off-putting with him. And the gap has dropped him again. And a mark of 141, that's three pounds lower than when he won on heavy ground here last year. He's perfectly capable of winning off that mark. He has a change of jockey as well, Harry Compton Ryzen for the for the first time. Um, whereas uh, Tom Scudamore has been on him um, lately. David Bass actually rode him when he when he won here last year. Isn't, um, isn't that Tom it, switching though? Isn't that Tom actually? No, yeah, I'm not. I'm not I'm, yeah, yeah, I'm just saying it's a jockey change. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not making any. Any. I'm not casting aspersions on the jockey. I'm just saying it's a jockey change. Yeah. Um. So. Uh, so. Um. It'd be interesting to see how Harry Harry Clubman gets on with him. But as I said, you know, he he came in for a perfectly signed ride last time. I was always well positioned. Um. That was just a disappointing um end to his race. The more rain he gets, the better. I would say. Um. Handles handles um. Uh, testing ground pretty well but he's a hard horse to back um, and he can lose it uh, you know he, he almost came down at the first fence here I think when he won um, and he's he's the kind of horse although he's capable of jumping perfectly well he can he can throw in the occasional absolute howler um, which ruins his chance and you've got to bear that in mind if you're ever going to back him up the straight is generally pretty consistent and handles this track well um, but again your your issue with backing up the straight is um, you know Richard Rowe winners are, are um, becoming rarer as time goes on. He's only had two winners over jumps this season, not the strip being one of those. Um, he does like running as some of his better horses at, at Sandown, does Richard. Niall Houlihan as a jockey has really come into his own um, of late and, and was on board when um, when this horse won at Plumpton in October. Um, he should be thereabouts. I can see him running a solid race. Um, and Newman was the other one who's who... Um, uh, should uh, should go well, particularly if there's yes. um, if there's plenty of given the grind. I like Numitor as a as a, a chaser. Tom's Tom's on board this. He's he's generally ridden Numitor, and of course you can say that the fact that Tom switches to Numitor um, rather than riding Moonlighter could be seen as a as a, a positive to his chances. Uh, I think he's just got slightly more chance on paper than than um, than Moonlighter. And if I was Tom and um, I'd ridden Moonlighter last time, I'd I'd be happy to to jump ship mm. um, given what he did there. So Numitor is, is a is definitely a player. Um, it's but there to, has to be fair to sorry. say, Rory, that there's nothing of Il Rodotto's class in this race either. Uh, no, we bumped into last time. Yeah, well, I'm, I'm, uh, yeah, that's a, it's, it's, a, it's not the easiest in the world to to define what um, what Il Rodotto's class was because he was he was really one three one when he won that contest. I thought I thought that was strong form at the time. I thought Ferro Bamboo, who was third, was a very good bet next time out, and he was a little bit disappointing. Um, on his next start at uh, Cheltenham, that was the same race the Moonlight had run in uh, for Bamboo. He ran, he ran respectively in the third, but I thought he'd, um, uh, I thought he would win that race. So I'm, I'm slightly in two minds about the about the value of the the Newbury form. But as I said, I thought it was very strong at the time. At worst, it's strong. It's not. There's, there's no. There's no question about it being a dubious piece of form. Um, very competitive race on paper. Um, the winner appeared to be. Um, uh, to be thrown in on his mark. He obviously stepped up into grade one company on his next start. And that race just came too soon from, as far as I can see, that was, it was only seven days later he ran in the, um, yeah. uh, in the Henry the eighth. Um, so yeah, so Numitra, I'd be, I'd be pretty positive about, um, what are your prices then for the, for the top, top two or three in the market again? Uh, Gunsight Ridge is 13 to eight and Numitor is fours and Moonlighter 11 to two up the straight 13 to two. Uh, I would have up the straight just ahead of Moonlighter. Um, if I was pricing this up, I would definitely, definitely have him a shorter price. Um, cause I think his, his, um, his form even over course and distance is probably marginally better than Moonlighter and Moonlighter is less reliable than up the straight. So up the straight link is a, is a solid enough one. I think wanted a price. And I would, to be honest, if you're going 13 to eight gun, Gunsight Ridge and, and 41 Numitor, I would side with Numitor. I mean, as, as I said, Gunsight Ridge is, is the obvious favourite. I think he deserves to be favourite given um, given that run last time out. Um, but th- you do tend to to um, see a slight overreaction um, based on the quality of horse who's beating you. Um, and, you know, it's not like Lompress 
had to win that extra race by 30 lengths to prove himself. So the fact that he's won by six lengths does not mean that Gunsight Ridge is within six pounds of him. Uh, it was still a very likable performance. He traded, he traded a, a, quite a fair degree of odds on that day um, before getting beaten. But again, his, his record now in his last uh, uh, seven starts, second, first, second, third, second, th- third, second. So he's very consistent, but he's only got set in front once in those races. Mm. And he's generally started favourite. So he's been, he's been beaten favourite on his last four starts. And he was second favourite the time before that. He has traded 1.33, 2.28, 1.14, 2.52, and 1.22 in the run without winning. Um, now, I, I, I'm not going to draw any conclusion to that as to, as to whether he's genuine or not. The bottom line is if, if there have been very good reasons why he's been a short price for those races. And for whatever reason, he's not managed to win. Um, that's, that doesn't necessarily reflect badly on the horse. Just as a punter, you need to be aware of the fact that he will always catch the eye. Um, but if you're punting horses like this, you need to be seeing the end result. And backing horses with his profile at 13 to 8 in races like this will usually be an expensive hobby for you. Um, so not not specifically making a comment about Gunsight Ridge, just about his record and the fact that he's consistent and he tends to travel well, but he's always just a little bit underpriced. Catches the eye a little bit too much. Um, I'm not saying I'm not saying for a second that he he won't win this. And indeed, if he was four to one and Numitor was favourite, I'd be happy to back Gunsight Ridge. But I think he's the kind of horse who's always going to be slightly underpriced in races of this nature. Um, and Numitor, who he's, he's won three of his last six, um, and he finds generally finds plenty for pressure. Um, also, you know, he's capable of, uh, of running well on good ground and on heavy ground. He was slightly disappointing um, uh, here last season in the uh, the Elmbridge handicap chase where he, he looked the likely winner of that and then didn't get home. Yeah, that was behind behind Belargus and Grey Diamond. Now that form has worked out well because Belargus won at the um well, the Josh Gifford um memorial at the end of the season and Grey Diamond has won um has won since as well. So the form has worked out well. Numitor was third that day. Um and uh he he looked the likeliest winner. Um but I think um I think he just didn't quite get home on the on the heavy ground that day, um, and he was he was ridden pretty aggressively, and I think probably did too much um, in front that day. Uh, as I said, the form's worked out well enough since his other form is is absolutely fine. Um, he might just he might just be a tad better going um, left handed, but he's he's a winner at Wincanton. Um, on heavy ground last season, so I'm not sure I'd I'd, I'd be too much into that. Um, but yes, his best runs uh, thus far have come at um, uh, being Newbury. So you could argue that he might be better going left-handed, but I wouldn't judge him too harshly on that. And a four to one, he's just about the value here. And I agree. And he is my bet for the race as well. So uh, there we go. We're off to a winner's start, hopefully, in the 150 at Sandland. The 225. This is going to be a long, long preview to try and decipher this one. Oh, however will we do so. Constitution Hill, 4-9 with Kaluki. Mr. Glass, 7s. Um, Jitoil, Ryan Potter, Lorcan Williams, 8s. Uh, do all right, Gringo, 9s. Shall we have one more? Yes, we shall. Particularly Scarlet Witch wins. 10s and Wizkid having his first ever run for Dr. Richard Newland uh, is 40s and he's first run over hurdles. Right. Um, Constitution. I, I want you to say, I want you to say number two again. Uh oh. Oh no. That's all right, Gringo. It's all right, Gingo. Gingo. Gringo. Gino. I've been watching too much. Gino. Of, I've been watching too much of Narcos. Hey, Gringo. Uh, yeah, let's uh, let's put this to bed reasonably quickly. There's some some uh, promising horses in here. Mr. Glass, for example, mm-hmm. um, a winner at um, at Chepstow and at Newcastle um, this season. Um, the Chepstow uh, win was a uh, was was a um, a maiden hurdle. He then won the um, the French first novice hurdle, named after that great old servant of um, legend, uh, Jim Ennis's. Um and he was. He he looked a promising sort there, Mister Glass. He beat Lockdog Rocco, um, who's uh, who's definitely a promising sort. Um, but the the margins there don't 
make you think this was outstanding for him. He, he beat Lockdown Ruckle um, a length with Marble Sands. Um, a length and a quarter behind that. We have a uh, length and three quarters rather behind that. We haven't we haven't seen um Fergal Brands horse, he was second favourite that day, um, out since. Um, but Lockdurg Rocco ran ran um very respectably um on his next start. And that was in the Albert Bartlett um trial at um at Cheltenham in December, um, when he finished he finished fifth. Um that's better form, probably you know, it's a similar form to his shows on his previous start. But he, um, you know, he uh, he wasn't disgraced behind Blazing Cal, who's who's rightfully favourite for the uh, for that three miler. But the issue there was the, the race he was coming from at Newcastle was a two mile six contest, and uh, Mr. Glass, um, who clearly stayed the two mile six perfectly well, is now dropping back to, you know, a bare two miles at Sandown mm-hmm. um, against a horse of the of the um, the ability of Constitution Hill, and it's it's pretty hard to see him living with um, Constitution Hill unless the ground gets so heavy that it becomes a complete slog. Now that can be the case um, in the um, in the Tollworth in the past. I think that, that might be part of um, part of the thinking for this. There've be, been stayers who've won this in the past um, who you wouldn't really have have um, uh, have viewed as being out and out two milers. Um, York Hill. and. Uh, yeah, I mean York, York Hill certainly um, he he uh, he certainly stayed the trip well when he won it, um, and uh, you know but he but he had the brilliance to be a two mile. I mean, he could easily have gone for the uh, for the for the supreme at Cheltenham. Yeah. Um, he wouldn't be he wouldn't be the obvious one in that Fiddler in the Roof uh, two thousand and twenty is a horse who stays very well. Um, uh, who else you just throw in there? Breeds Breeze and Silverburn for Nichols. So I think that's why Paul Nichols is. Both Silverburn and Breeze Breeze were horses who were bred to stay very well, mm. um, and they they won this on 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 uh, very testing ground. Uh, Paul also won it with this, that, and t'other, who, who eventually stayed three miles as well. Um, uh, Monsignor would have been a uh, would have been a Gold Cup horse um, had he stayed sound. He won it in two thousand. So yeah, I guess if you think if if you think your main opposition um, is a um, uh, is a bare two miler, and this might turn into a slog, then there is a bit of logic in throwing a stayer into it, but um, unless the going is officially soft, heavy in places on the hurdles course. Um, it was soft on Constitution Hill one here last month, and I I struggled to see um, any of these turning it into enough of a slog. That's what Mr. Glass will try to do from the front. He will try to press on, turn it into a test of stamina, and see if he can get Constitution Hill off the bridle. He won't is the bottom line. Um, having watched Constitution Hill here last time, um, they would need, they would need a series of different front runners uh, to go fast enough to, uh, to get Constitution Hill off the bridle. He absolutely cruised through the race here um, in December. And more impressively, I mean, the thing that, that really impressed me at, at um, uh, over course and distance in, in December was the fact that he actually quickened at the end of it as the others were falling in a hole the margins that day suggest it was a really well-run race. 14 lengths between first and second, 31 lengths between first and third, 46 lengths between first and fourth. Now, you look at those distances and you see it was a two-mile race and you think, well, they must have gone a million miles an hour and they didn't. Um, it's just that um, they went they went a reasonably solid pace, but not, not enough to... Um, uh, to see the field particularly stretched out before the second last hurdle. And that's when the race really began. And Constitution Hill um, got himself uh, to the front just before the last. But then he quickened away um, as the others started to flounder in the ground. And I thought that was hugely impressive because it's something that um, not many horses do. You see lots of impressive looking performances in maiden hurdles um, where, where you know, Horse A um, appears to gallop his rivals into the ground. And sometimes it's just a case of being in the right place and, and being able to maintain a gallop against horses who are either not good enough or not fit enough to do the same thing. Um, but for a horse to actually go into a race like this and then quicken up from the last hurdle is very unusual. And Constitution Hill did it. Um, and that marks him down as as a, a top-class prospect. I still think he's a better prospect than, um, than John Bond. Um, and... Uh, do you want? Do you I mind me asking you just because there's not a whole lot else? To well, he's, well, he's, well he's, he's clearly he's only had the one run, and he's already achieved more than John Bond. John Bond. John Bond's had had uh, you know four lifetime starts essentially, hasn't he? Mm. Um, whereas this horse has already achieved more on paper than John Bond. Um, 
purely on his on his hurdles debut without any fanfare about him either. He's done he's done more on the clock and in terms of possibly not in terms of the of the absolute form. If you're if you're rating the Kennel Hill, the Kennel Gate rather as a as a Grade Two novice, I think I think some um, ratings people would have that performance higher than than um, than what Constitution Hill. Uh, achieved at Sandown, and that's fair enough because he was beaten a horse who'd been placed in Grade One company before um, in the Ascot race. But in terms of of backing that up by the um, by the time, John Bond can't do that yet. No, I'm not saying I'm not saying that that he won't. Mm. Um, he looks very exciting, but so far it's been it's been a bit of style over substance. Clearly, beating um, graded opponents at an Ascot last time shows that there's there's more to him um, than we could have ga- gauged from his his bumper win or his Maiden hurdle win at Newbury in races that were very uncompetitive, or they weren't run competitively. But both at Newbury and at Ascot, um, his opponents, for whatever reason, it's, it, it it seems there's there's a bit of a um, a belief that uh, John Bond doesn't want to be left in front. So that's what they've done. They've they've basically put the brakes on at the start um, to force him to make his own running. Uh, but it hasn't seemed to bother him at all. So might, that might have been a brilliant ploy by Nicky Anderson to suggest that this horse would would um, uh, would potentially bolt if he was left in front, or would you know would want to duck out or whatever. Um, for 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 all the other jockeys to do that in a race suggests that they were in in um, in receipt of information that suggested that he he might be tricky in front, but he hasn't been at all. Um, but as a result, because they haven't gone any any speed at all from the start of those races, they're hard races to to weigh up in terms of absolute form. Um, it's a lot easier to look at a race that's fairly well run um, and produces a, a you know a very good time um, to be able to pick that form apart. They tend to make a lot more sense in terms of um, distances beaten by by um, by the winner um, and by overall times and stuff like that, which you can do with Constitution Hill. As I said, that was a the race was run at a at a solid but not spectacular gallop um, at Sandown. Um, and he's cruised through, um, got himself to the front of the last, and then has has to be able to go 14 minutes clear from the last hurdle in a race that hasn't been strongly run. Um, you know, the finishing speed was was positive uh, for the course and distance. There's a huge amount to like about him. Um, if you want, to, if you want to knock him, the one thing you can knock him on is the fact we, you know, everything you know about him is based on one run. Mm. Um, and there's only so much you can know about a horse after one run. But when the, when the run is as good as that. Um, you tend to to want to think big about him, um, and yes, there is a possibility that that you know there are horses who come along and look absolute superstars first time out and then never quite repeat that. But he seemed to do it within himself. It wasn't like if he'd gone blazing off in front and won by the distance he did, I'd be slightly more concerned because you know you wonder how much horses are doing that um, on their nerves and whether they can repeat that. But he looked, he just looked really professional. He did everything he was asked to do. Um, uh, he was, you know, he he wasn't ridden to show himself to best advantage through the race. He was ridden with a view to to learning for the future and still put in that kind of performance. So he's exceptionally hard to be against. Uh, this is this isn't a bad contest. Um, that's all right, Gino Jetual come here having having won both starts. That's three three in the race um, who've won two out of two over hurdles. Um, and then you've got the likes of Shelby have one more who was who looked very very promising in bumpers. Uh, he won his only a bumper started Kempton in very good style. Um, he was beaten um, first time I beat Macandu Kid, um, but he didn't settle that day. And if he if he settles better, he's going to produce a, a much better effort. He might just be the uh, the next best horse in the race um, based on how he shaped at Ascot, because um, the others have kind of you know have had a chance to uh, to build on early promise and to um, to put themselves in contention to run in a race like this, whereas. Shall we have one more look? Uh, very much a work in progress on debut at Ascot, and, and he's the one who's probably open to most improvement in the race. But in saying that, you know, he's, he's probably got fifteen or twenty pounds to find with Constitution Hill anyway, um, who's open to similar improvement. So, um, a great race in prospect, I hope, but I, I don't think a great contest in prospect. I think it's going to be an exhibition uh, from Constitution Hill, and I don't think it's a bad price at four to nine either. <laughs> I, I wouldn't be I wouldn't be surprised if I mean I, I I'm not a backer of four to nine shots. No, but I wouldn't be surprised. If, I wouldn't be surprised if he was one to four for this. That's why I've reacted that way. You were ne- that's not something you say on the show, and very rarely do you say it. Uh, but when you do, it almost always transpires to be accurate. 
So if you want to put them in your Akas, add them into your Lucky 63s, I wouldn't recommend that. But if you want to do that, then work away. Um, do you know what Nicky Anderson said about him in his stable tour before he ran? Nothing. Nothing at all. Not true. A fallacy. Uh, in the Racing Post, he, he said he's a striking youngster who's come to us from the Barry Garrity Academy, which has produced the likes of Bobsworth and Brainpower. So he's a lot to live up to. He looks a chaser, but Barry says he's not short of pace, so we can start him off wherever. Yeah. I think there was another stable tour that he'd done where there was no mention of him whatsoever. But that's yeah. more on well, the journalists than... Well, the question, the question is how many horses you ask about yeah. in, in that scenario. And Nicky Henderson's got, got just over one million horses in training, so yeah, you can't cover them all. But to be um, fair, Racing Post did, to, to give them their, their credit. Yeah. Um, am I right in thinking that John Mullen doesn't have another run, go straight to Cheltenham? No, the the um yeah, um I might even have it here. Yeah, there's a there's a very odd um Uh-oh. there's a very odd interview with with um uh your mate Mr. Berry, um, talking about his options, and he says uh, Nicky really wants to run him in in another novice hurdle before Cheltenham, but he can't find one. <laughs> um, which is. <laughs> And this, this is this is this is where the, the the flag comes in. The idea that there isn't a there isn't a suitable race uh, for a two mile novice hurdler um, who who can run in any novice hurdle he wants really between now and Cheltenham is um, is very is very odd. But yes, yeah, so Nicky's Nicky's struggling to find a race uh, for John Bon uh, between now and I'd imagine the end of February. Um, but. Um, a few people have, I think, have tried to help out there by pointing out what races are available. <laughs> so hopefully we will see John Bond. He, he does want to run him again, and he hasn't had a proper race yet. He's 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 been he's been in races where he's been forced to make his own running, and I think Nicky would like to see him in a race where where that isn't the case. Hmm. But there you go. That's uh, that's a little bit of information there in terms of um, a little bit of filling in uh, for a race that doesn't take an awful lot of analysis. <laughs> exactly. The next is the final of the 2021 Veterans Chase Series, the Univet Veterans Handicap Chase, 3 o'clock. Uh, Kaluki are going threes, ASO, sixes, final nudge, Wandering Stars, eights, Sir Ivan is tens, Rolling Dylan, elevens, Gwen Silly Burbis, go on pipe, twelves, uh, Indy five, twelves, and Dancing Shadow is fourteens. Uh, we got the King's Writ in there as well at fourteens, too, I should mention for Kelly Willicott. Um, and as you said beforehand, Rory. What did I say beforehand? Thank what? God for veterans chases. Uh, oh, yeah, the yeah. three o'clock stand down. So Rory, go. Ah, uh, Lordy. We should start with ASO, shouldn't we? Um, top weighted, um, arguably comes into this in the uh, in the best form as well. Um, last time out, he was a good second to Black Lion um, at Head uh, over a trip that is too far from. Um, that was in a. Um, another leg of this um, veteran series. Uh, he's always, his horse has always been at his best at about um, two and a half, two and three quarter miles. So, and I still be a little bit concerned about the stamina here, but he got, um, he got close to black line at the last fence and then, um, then just faded on the run in um, over that three and a quarter miles or close to three and a quarter at Haydock. Black lines won again since, um, he was given Black Lion a stone and two pounds. Now, Black Lion is, is a very well-handicapped horse. He's too well-handicapped in actual fact. Has no connections. Would love to run him in the Grand National again. And he ran a huge race in the last Grand National, if you recall. He was um, uh, he was almost in last place after jumping a couple of fences. And nothing has made any ground from the rear. And that's, that's a, a feature of the National these days. Um, there was a time when you could hack around to the back of the field and then get into the race in the second circuit. And that was often the way jockeys were told to ride it, you know, hunt around, and then we'll start racing second. You start racing in the Grand National very early these Good days. Look. And your chances of uh, of being able to find a way through from the back of the field are slim. But Black Lion managed to get himself into contention before fading later on. I thought it was a huge run um, and a return to to his um, his best form. Not, not to his best form, sorry. A return to form for him. Um, having sort of struggled to, to find um, his feet for his new stable, um, having been bought with the Grand National in mind. So that's that's good form. Lakeview Lad is a solid horse who was back in third that day. Um, and, yeah, ASO of a mark of 147 there. Got up two pounds for it, maybe a little bit harsh. Um, but uh, he's a player here. The concern, again, would be if the ground gets very deep, 
on the chase course, um, how well he would see it out. He does handle heavy ground. It's not really an issue. Um, but the problem with him has always been his stamina. Um, you <laughs> Do you remember the virtual national he nearly won? <laughs> I do, yeah. Yeah, a lot of people up in arms about that he was still in the still in the lead. Aso in the lead, in the, in the last in the ground. He'd never stay this far. <laughs> but then he fell, um, which was a real kick in the teeth. And um, <laughs> yeah, so this is a, this is three miles. He should be okay with it, but it can be a testing three miles, and um, that that remains a slight concern um, with him. But um, yeah, he uh, he's a big player. Um, Sir Ivan's pretty solid. Doesn't he doesn't massively excite me? Um, he keeps running. He keeps running creditably, um, but he's a he's a pretty rare winner these days, Sir Ivan. Um, so I think he'll. I think he's you know as high as he can be in the handicap. He did win off one three six at uh, Newbury last season, um, and he's up to one forty nine. I think that's I think that's just too high for him. Uh, but more importantly, I think he's a happier horse and good grind, and I don't think he's going to get that this weekend. Um, so that's. Um, uh, that's something I'm against. Um, I'd you can give Wandering Star chances um, based on the fact that he was a winner over course and distance um, on his return. Um, I'm not sure that's particularly strong form though, um, and he's gone up on the weights for it, so he's he's not up much. He's not, only up three pounds, but I think it's always a little bit harsh with these veterans. Um, by definition, some of the some of the veterans handicaps aren't aren't enormously competitive um, by definition. Um, the form has worked out okay. Um, Gwensley Burbus was was third there, having travelled best, and went on to win at extra um, next mm-hmm. time out. So you can you can argue the form has been franked, but I'm, I'm more inclined to, to, to take an overall view of the form. You know, the likes of single farm payments, sub lieutenant, in behind. Um, there were really only three um, uh, three proper contenders that day, and I thought one day star was all out. Yeah, yes, you can you can make a fairly easy case for him on the on the basis of the uh, the collateral form. Um, but I'm just, I think he's, I think he's vulnerable. Um, final nudge I like. Um, he had one written star behind him when uh, I say that he was, um, uh, he was a winner at Warwick. He wasn't one star he had behind him that day. It was uh, uh, Sir he had behind him rather that day, uh, who I mentioned already. So he he's all. Older than most, you know, one of the one of the best approaches to veterans chases is to stick to the younger horses. And Fan Lodge doesn't fit that bill now, being a thirteen-year-old, but he's been very lightly raced over the years. Horse I've always liked as a chaser. He's not always had the best of luck. Took him a little while to settle into the um, uh, the Fergal O'Brien Yard. Um, I was very sweet on him on his debut uh, for Fergal at um, at Canton last February, and he just um, just needed the run. But he's he's improved with each start since. He, despite the fact he doesn't, he just doesn't quite stay um, extreme trips. He was third in the Midlands National race. He's run well in before, and he wasn't far behind his best form in that. And then he's come out in the uh, in the the veterans race at Warwick and won that in um, and won that in good style. Um, bizarrely, I th- I think despite the fact that he's a um, a thirteen year old, I think I think that was his first run in veterans company. I think um, you're right. He'd been off the track for for a fair while before before joining Fergal. So. Um, yeah, I like. He'd be suited. He'd be suited by um, three miles and soft grind at uh, at sand time. Um, it all it it tends to be a a fair test of stamina. Um, he clearly stays beyond um, three miles, but he's always looked like marathon trips are just beyond him. Um, he's run well going this way around on on multiple occasions as well. Uh, winner at Market Raisin on his final start for um, for David Dennis off of Market One Two Seven. And although you know it's, it's you don't like to see thirteen-year-olds going up in the weights, but um, his last three runs are all are all pretty solid, and um, I still think there's there's um, uh, a pretty big effort in him, and I don't think he's badly handicapped going up three pounds for for the the Warwick win, which is, as I said, which looks solid. We know that um, we know that Sir Ivan pretty much always gives his running. Uh, Fagan's a largely a pretty reliable type. Um, in this kind of event as well, and head to the stars, who was third, um, at, um, was a, a winner next time out. So I like that form. I think that I think that's possibly the the um, uh, the most solid form um, in the race, aside from get back to ASO. I think ASO's run behind um, 
Black Lion last time out is probably the best individual piece of form. But of all the sort of interlocking um, veterans form lines, I think Final Nudge's win at, at Warwick is the uh, is the most solid. Um, I'm not mad keen on the King's Ritz, um, who's becoming well handicapped, um, but um, didn't show enough for me at Exeter last month. Although that was that was over a trip that was, that was too short from him, I just wanted to see a little bit more um, a little bit more from him. That of course was was behind uh, Long Press. He wasn't he wasn't liable to get too close there, but no. um, he's um, uh, he just wasn't. He wasn't competitive, and I'd like to—I'd like to have seen him be competitive in a race before backing him in a, in a final of a contest like this. Um, his best form um, gives him a, a pretty good chance. Um, he was runner-up of one three five last season, and he's down to one three three now. Um, Josh Newman has ridden him before, so knows him fairly well. But um, there are one or two I prefer to him in the in the contest. Gwen Sidney Barabas is obviously interesting. You've mentioned him already. Um, He's a horse who's always had an awful lot of ability um, and had a big reputation. Um, he was owned by Barry Connell, mm-hmm. um, and he was a horse who, um, you know, had had Cheltenham potentials, Cheltenham potentials as a uh, as a youngster. Um, came from the Guichardt Academy, uh, but he's also a horse who who became disappointing uh, for Alan Fleming. Um, he then uh, failed to win for Eric, Eric McNamara over a, over a um, a year or so. Um, and looked like he'd just gone the wrong way. Now, he, he went to David Pipe, potentially well handicapped in his old form, and immediately um, came back to form for David, hitting the frame in his first three starts before winning um, the uh, the Marathon Chase at Exeter um, last month. That's his best effort for for a long, long time. Um, he was a big price that day, but um, he he seemed to do it pretty well. Uh, and you can argue that um, you know that he remains pretty well handicapped. I'm just I'm just aware of the fact that it was a very different kind of race he was in last time. Um, I think he was suited by the um, uh, by the more pedestrian nature of that of that marathon event, which was run over almost four miles um, at Exeter. Um, he's he's looked vulnerable at three. He ran run over this trip in his previous start, um, and he was let down by his jumping, and that's been an issue with his. Um, over fences um, at various times that both his jumping and his finishing effort can be a little bit disappointing. So he was he was third to to Wandering Star, um, but he looked the likeliest winner um, in the straight um, before making a um, making a few mistakes seem to um, seem to compromise his finishing effort. If he can avoid the mistakes, he should reverse the form. Um, but he's a horse that I that I backed once or twice in his youth. And was rather stung by doing so, mm. um, and I'm a little bit less forgiving than you might be on that. I think he might he might be an interesting one for those for those uh, long distance chases, um, just because it seems to help his jumping. But I'm I wouldn't be certain that he will um, he will jump as well um, back at three miles as he did last time out. So that's the concern um, with him for me. As much as I like him, uh, that was my thinking as well. Was going back from three miles six, almost four miles to three miles, as well as yeah. David has done in this type of race. <laughs> Is it just a bit? Mm, it yeah, well, it's not like he looked at he's looked at night night stare before. That's, nope. that, it's not you know it's not that it's not lack of tool. It's just that at, at the slightly stronger pace they go in these races, his jumping can can let him down. Uh, and then let's just uh, run through the rest reasonably quickly. Dashing Perk, uh, another one with with a good chance on his best form, but he's failed to complete in three of his last four starts. That's off putting. Um, Prime Venture similarly, you know he's got um, he's got a very good chance in the form he's shown in a couple of Welsh nationals. Um, but um, beaten a long way on his return, albeit over hurdles. Um, also beaten a long way in the Midlands National mm-hmm. last season, and then pulled up um, at Haydock last time out. That's again, that rather puts you off. If this turns into an absolute slog, um, he would come into it. But um, I'm I, I'm not convinced that he's that he's in the same kind of form this year as he has been um, previously. Um, the um, uh, the race he won last year was only a three-runner affair at uh, at Sedgefield, so he's got he's got um, plenty to prove. I don't think Rolling Dylan is good enough, um, despite the fact that he was runner-up over a course and distance last time out. I think the um, I think the balance of his form reason was a little bit defined here. Um, he's one of the younger horses, and he's not particularly over-raced, so he'll appeal to a few, but um, not not a massive fan. Uh, Psychedelic Rock. Um, Grinds wrong for him. 
Um, he would he would prefer the grind to be on the quick side. And I think it's good. You know, we look like we're having for soft grind again. You know, take all these comments with a pinch of salt if the going changes. But it's it's um, it's largely soft at the moment. And uh, psychedelic rock is a horse who doesn't really want it um, that deep. Um, Valadon might give Lily Pinch a good spin round here for a while, but he's um, he's more exposed than most, um, and he likes he likes um, likes tactical speed and races like this. He's a, he's a he's a smashing horse, and he tries to make the running, but he's not the only one. He's not going to get away with them away with it here because um, two or three others towards the foot of the weights also want to uh, to make the running, including Indy Five, um, who's just below him in the weights. He was a winner at Doncaster last time out. Um, but he'd be eight points higher here, and that probably stops him. Um, and Dancing Shadow is another one who's a who's a um, an out and out front runner. Um, he ran pretty well behind Gwensley Barbas last time out, um, but again, as always, he's probably better at a, an extreme trip uh, and a thirteen year old now as well. So he's hard to fancy. And uh, as I said, I think Valadon, um, possibly Indy Five, if he goes from the front again, and Dancing Shadow won't help each other by uh, by taking each other on. So. Yeah, I don't fancy much towards the bottom. Maybe I'm being harsh about Roly Dillon. Um, you know, I'm not saying he's a no-hoper, but he doesn't massively appeal to me, and he's he's not been the most trustworthy or in the me. past either. So, uh, so yeah, I'm, I'm probably coming down on on uh, final nudge. Um, I'm I'm wary of of not wanting to rule Ace so White. I'm concerned about his stamina, but you know, as I said, it was it was three miles one and a half last time out, and he was only beaten by a well handicapped horse. Um, in a um, uh, in a very competitive contest, so you can you can easily make the case, especially especially you know races like this. Venetia Williams has done very well in over the years, um, but I would just be a little bit concerned if he was a short price ASO about his ability to get home from the last fence um, on testing ground. Um, otherwise, you know, in terms of in terms of class and back class, ASO was the uh, is the the standout in the field. Um, so. Um, final nudge, marginal pull. Okay. Um. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you'll hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not and, as um, simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more doors. The show is called The, the Deal. deal. Listen to the deal. Listen to the deal on Spotify. Indy five for me. But again, marginal call, and it's more to do with the price. It's more to do with the fact that he's twelves. With Gavin Sheen on right board. Sure. But I wouldn't be I'm not gonna be pushing anybody to have a bet in the race. I think it's a this is the kind of race that you can sit back and watch and enjoy. And uh if you're if you're gonna be Wanting a bet, by all means, go at Final Notch because he was my second on the list. And um, I think Rory makes a very, very interesting case for him. Uh, what, what, what? Interesting, just before we move on, interesting thing, just looking at the winners of this race, because I know we've had we've had um, Andrew Mount on the show before and he's, he produced the stats saying, if you're betting in, in veterans' chases, um, they're over the 10-year-olds and upwards generally, if you just bank the 10-year-olds, you, you'll make money blind. Mm. The interesting thing with this race is that the winners of this have been 11 13 11 12 11 and 13 yeah um and age has, has been uh, has been no barrier thus far yeah uh, to success and a couple of absolute stars and Pete Defeat, who he was still going a couple of years after his win and see you at midnight um in that and of course dear old Uvon Desobo um as a 12 year old on the back of a of a long um career in top handicap chases as well so it's nice that um that these that the final of this event isn't just going to the to the youngest legs, and hopefully um, that'll be the case again because the the two I like most are twelve and thirteen. Yep, and um, I think that's a very good point to make as well because I do remember people freaking out about Saul winning it because Saul had only just turned eleven. It's like, oh, you're a veteran. How is this a veteran? Well, it's the rules. Well, you know, so, the rules. The rules are the rules. And exactly, and them, he, them's he, the very rules. Little, he had very little experience with offences. He was only having like a, a second or third start of offences, wasn't he? Yeah, yeah. If I'm not, I might be wrong about that. No, I think you're right. I think you're right. He'd been right. off the track for a fair while, and he'd gone from Joe Hughes to David. David. Yeah, I think so. Something along those lines. Anyway, three thirty-five Sandown, second last race. Uh, Hermes Boy, threes. Mac the Man, fours. Natural History, fives. Take it away, sir. Um, 
Well, I'm not going to change an awful lot from from um, from my position uh, a while ago. Um, remarkably similar risk to uh, the one that I put up some BC fix up for um, in December, on the basis that he's clearly a better hurdler than he is a chaser. Um, of, and, and I made that argument on the basis of the fact that that he makes um, he makes mistakes over fences. He actually jumped okay at Chepstow last time out back over fences, but and I was with him that day. Um, the problem that day was the trip. Mm. Um, two and a half miles on on soft ground. He he travelled into it really well again. I didn't quite get home, um, and it's clear that he's best at two miles. Handles soft ground very well. Handles heavy ground, um, but he um, he doesn't really want to go further than than two miles these days. Um, but he ran very well to be second in, in what was a really competitive race here in December. That was a listed handicap hurdle. Um, he was running off a mark of one hundred and twenty six. He found only uh, a a uh, well-handicapped and unexposed rival, too good from there, Sam Arif. Now, Sam Arif ran um, after that in the in the big, the Betfair Exchange handicap hurdle at, um, at Ascot and ran an absolute stinker. The market seemed to know all about that beforehand. He was he was um, he was incredibly weak in the market for that. He was, um, I think, second favourite the day before, or maybe ch- challenging for favouritism, and he's gone off at any price you like um, and ran a stinker. He's beaten before they turned into the straight. So. I wouldn't draw too many conclusions um, from from the strength of the race on that. Um, Benson, who was fourth, also disappointed um, at Ascot. And of course, you can read you can read through this and say, well, maybe this wasn't a very good race. But listed handicap hurdles um, uh, tend to be competitive affairs, um, and I think it, it was just a really tough race in which um, some of the runners hadn't uh, recovered when they ran next. Hudson de Grugier, who was who was strongly fancied, did win next time out in good style. Uh, Miss Heritage ran well. Uh, she tends to do. She's very consistent. And I've got no real qualms about the strength of the form. Some BC Vix is only a pound higher here. Um, I mean, I made the case for him uh, pretty strongly last time that, you know, he he must be really well handicapped because he keeps travelling like the best horse in, in races over fences, despite the fact that he seems incapable of, um, of a clean round um, over the bigger obstacles. Um, there's no reason to think he, he won't be as good over hurdles He's he's a few points lower in this sphere, uh, and he proved the point last time out. He travelled he travelled very very strongly, um, was last turning into the straight. Just just seemed to be done for two early on, but stayed on really strongly from the from the final bend. Traded evens and running, and then was just run out of things from um, from the last hurdle. Um, better than the result back over fences last time, out. and in a strong race, it has to be said that Chepstow contest is always always um, well contested. Uh, Golden Whiskey won at this time from. Uh, when you're ready and cut the mustard. Uh, and some easy fixes, I said, moved into that as if he was going to go very close and then just didn't quite get home from the second last fence. Um, I'd be I'd be slightly concerned uh, if he was involved in a battle from the um, uh, from the last on heavy ground up the hill here because that might put a bit of pressure on his stamina. Um, but uh, otherwise, you know, I think there's a lot to like about him. He's going to be a backable price. He's very much an each way bear because he's got the run style. Um, to go uh, to go close. Um, hopefully, all yet turn up. That's the uh, the other, yeah. other thing you want to see. That'll be a slight concern if they don't. Um, Hermes boy could easily be ahead of his mark. Um, he goes handicapping off a mark of one two four, um, having um, won the latest of his three runs over hurdles, um, and he comes from a, a stable who are very good at improving their horses. Um, with experience, so um, he might uh, he might be led in lightly, um, but as I said, hopefully we're getting um, we're getting an each way price here, um, and hopefully we do get all the eight runners going to post, because um, I'd be I'd still be convinced that Zambezi Fix is well handicapped, and I don't think you can say that about too many in this field. No, and you've already done us proud in December with Zambezi Fix, so I ain't deserting him now. Um, no way am I am I jumping ship. So 11s is the current price on offer about Sambisi fix and uh, keep the faith, keep the faith. So the last race to Largy 315 Wincanton Art of Outdoor with Ocean Handicap Chase <sighs> Stolen Silver Twos uh, Mount d'Avoir for Bronny Frost and Paul Nichols. There's more news on that, but we'll wait till Monday to discuss that because it's just come out. Um, Paul Nicholson and Bryony very much finding in favour of Bryony and hammering um, Mr. Dunn again. Uh, that horse is threes. Slate House, fours. I, 
can't believe I'm saying this. I almost like Slatehouse for this race. Aww. Even though he's trained by the Tizards and it's like falling down. By the way, Joe Tizard's name has still not been added to the um, training ranks. Uh, Killer Clown. We're probably like more. Uh, for Emma Lavelle, 9 to 2. And then uh, Notre Paris for Ollie Murphy and Adrian Heskin, 13 to 2. Take it away, son. Wrap us up. Um, I there's a slight question mark in getting involved with him. I think Killer Klein's got lots going for him in this race. Um, he was a um, a good novice last season. Um, very impressive winner on on uh, Boxing Day at Kempton in what's traditionally quite a well well contested um, novices limited handicap chase. Um, he's up twelve pounds for that, but actually he he went up he went up more than that. He won by seven and a half lengths on the bridle that day. Um, and uh, he ran in the Greatwood Gold Cup, I think it's yeah, it's still what they call it at Newbury, on his next start. That was after a break of a couple of months, and he ran he ran his best race uh, that day to be um, to be second um, in what's again always a very ha- a very competitive handicap chase. Um, uh, he was beaten by um, David Pipes Umbregado, a horse he's held in, in very high regard, I believe, mm-hmm. um, at Pont House. Um, he hasn't had a chance to see to show what he's capable of since he ran around Grade One company at, at the entry after that on Brigada. Uh, but Kendall Clem's only been a length um, in front of the likes of uh, the Big Bite Senior Citizen Barton Knoll. Um, a couple of winners have come out of that uh, came out of that race immediately afterwards. Pistol whipped, he was well beaten and um, born survivor. Um, you don't really, you don't need to dig out bits and pieces like that to to show this was a, a good contest. Um, it always is a strong a strong one. Run on good grind, but Kendall Clem's perfectly. Um, Perfectly uh, capable of slightly softer ground. I wouldn't want him if it if it got if it got um, genuinely deep. That would be, that would be the concern. But unlike Sandown, I would expect the ground at Wincanton to be um, no worse than good to soft. Um, and Wincanton tends to get faster ground than most tracks in the country um, over fences. So I wouldn't be too concerned about underfoot conditions. I think he's probably at his very best on on ground. Um, there's not much worse than good from what we've seen of him so far. Um, so yeah, just bear in mind uh, what is what it's going to do this season. Um, he's been below form twice, um, but he did. He ran well for a long way in the, in the Sir Peter O'Sullivan Memorial um, at uh, Newbury last time out uh, when he wore cheek pieces for the first time. He travelled well through that race and traded pretty short in running, but he didn't get home. And since that, they put a tongue tie on him. That suggests that that his his um, his issue this season is that he's developed um, uh, breathing problems, um, and I'm hoping that the um, the tongue tie is enough to um, uh, to cope with that. Um, listen, he, his first run this season was in the Old Roan. That's one of the that's one of the toughest um, handicaps you, you can run in all season. He was far from disgraced there um, in a you know behind at least two or three um, Grade One performers. Yeah. Uh, all mankind uh, won that Midnight Shadow, of course. Is, uh, won the uh, won the Paddy Power next time. I find on Destreval is is um, uh, won a Grade Two, uh, and um, actually sorry, uh, find on Destreval second in a Grade Two, I should say, um, and is a is a horse who's definitely capable of making a mark in, in Grade One. So the fact that Killer Clown um, was unable to match them is is no um, is no shame at all. Um, but his finishing effort in the Newbury last time out was the question. So the tongue tie should help him in that regard. Um, he might be a horse to, to back after a break and a breathing operation, but hopefully the uh, the tongue tie will do the job because there's no doubt, based on his form from last season, that 135 is a, a lenient mark for him. Uh, he's a very likable sort last year. I'm not mad to be getting involved in a horse like um, Mont des Avaloir. Um, he was uh, a, a classy enough a novice, but he was put in his place um, in graded company early on. Um, and he then uh, took a took a heavy enough fall when last seen. That's well over a year ago. Um, and he was running very well that day. But again, he, he, he suggested that um, uh, that was in good firm grind at Chepstow. He, he seems to want good grind. Again, if it, if it turns out quicker than, than expected, that wouldn't be a bad thing for him. But he's a nine-year-old now. He's been off the track for, for um, uh, what, 15 months. Um, I'm not sure I want to be taking a short price about him for all. You know, it'd be nice to see him back to form. But... Um, He's uh, he's got a rather mixed record overall, and I'm not sure about him. Stolen silver is solid. Um, he will run well, but of course he was he was um, 
uh, beaten off a lower market Cheltenham on his return. Um, and then he was um, a little bit out of his depth in the Henry VIII last time out. But um, on, a, on a reading through his, uh, his reappearance effort, he's got a little bit to find um, off a mark of, uh, of one four five. Um, the horse he beat him obviously at Cheltenham editor De Geet has followed up again at the track last time out so that's solid form and I'm not, I'm not suggesting that Stolen Silver is um, uh, will be easily beaten here but um, going up five pounds for getting beaten just asks a little bit more of him and um, I think he might be vulnerable to something with, with less weight um, so I'm not um, I'm not not dead set against him I just feel that uh, there might be something who's who's uh, waited to beat him and Killer Klein's the obvious one to me if the, if the um, the tongue tie does the job. I'm not keen. I, I can't have State House at four to one. I'm very struggled no. to back him at this stage. You can kind of make excuses for him, but you know, his last four runs are beaten 35 lengths, beaten 48 lengths, beaten 63 lengths, and then you know, yes, he got a bit closer last time out, beaten beaten 16 lengths at, at Taunton, and um, the the two mile three trip would have would have been against him that day, um, arguably. But he's he's gone. Badly the wrong way. He's had he's had his problems. He's had breathing problems in the past. Um, he gets blinkers on for the first time here. But again, we've got the problem with Colin Tizard's form at the moment. Mm. Um, and, you know, sure, State House is capable of doing a lot better back over fences. And um, he's now 14 pounds lower in the weights than when last running um, in a handicap chase. So you can certainly make that case for him. But I don't... I can't take that much encouragement from recent runs. Uh, from him, I, you know, I, I I see why a few will want to be with him, but he's the kind of horse you would back at a big price and hope you get lucky. Um, at four to one, you can certainly let him go. Yeah, uh, not, it's good not news for was, me actually because yeah. the price is too short. Yeah, not a Paris was disappointing at Cheltenham last time out. Um, maybe the ground was was quick enough for him that day, but um, he's he's not an easy horse to back. Um, win only. He's he's usually a strong traveller, but he doesn't always deliver um, much off the bridle um, and he's um, he's easy enough to pass over in most races like this and the Cajaldon is probably a little bit out of his pay grade um, well beaten last time out I think he can do better than that um, he did okay for, for Henry de Romhead last year um, he promised more on his debut for Seamus Mullins and that was disappointing last time out as I said I think he's better than that that was a pretty tough race he was in but I just think he'd be a lot you know he, he qualifies for weaker races than this and I can see Seamus wanting to get him into into not a one twenty company, um, and uh, he he might manage that if uh, if he's well beaten here. But it'd be surprised if he's good enough to win. So hopefully Killer Clown will be improved for the fitting of a tongue tie, um, and if he is last season's form, I think it's good enough to win this race. Music to my ears. So the on the day, lucky thirty one, Zambezi fix Killer Clown, Numitor, final nudge. Wrapped up with Scarlet Witch, baby! Cork's about to get destroyed. Uh, that's it. Roy Zalarki is back with us next Thursday as we preview the weekend's action. But until then, if you have not listened to our uh, reviews of the Christmas action with the Vita to Cheltenham and indeed to horses to be with and to avoid going forward, then you can listen to the Open Company one with Lizzie Kelly and the Novices one with Darren McGrath and Rory's on both of those right now on whichever podcast app it is that you're using. Spotify. Spotify. But aside from that, we will talk to you on Monday when we go back over all of this great racing. No, we're not. We have uh, Lorna Fowler with us. So Lorna Fowler is going to talk to us about her career, uh, some of the very exciting horses that she has in training. Rory already has a list that you once asked about. Um, and that switch from being a broadcast show was show, she was always involved in racing, but that switch from broadcasting to being a trainer was that always on the cards? Find that on Monday's show. Lorna Fowler is one of the up and coming trainers, and she's we still can't understand how her horse was sent off that price in the bumper on New Year's Day. It was like, what? But uh, not complaining. And um, yeah, looking forward to chatting to Lorna and it should be a lot of fun. So hopefully you'll join us Monday and of course Rory with us Thursday and uh, many more going forward as well. Right, that's it. Um, from all of us, have a great weekend. Come on, Scarlet Witch. Rory Delarge, be safe. Have a great weekend. Thank you very much. All the best to you, Amazon. And um, you'll see Darren McGrath and myself and the 
All About Sunday crew uh, on Saturday. If you're there at Cork Race Course Mallow, come up and say hello. Uh, as for Kaluki Racing, you can open your account with them now on their website. Your application will be approved within minutes. You get a matched bet of 25 quid and you're getting immediate interaction with experienced traders. But you can have immediate interaction with them on track if you're going racing this weekend. If you're going to be at any of the tracks that we've talked about, Kaluki will be there. So just look out for Kaluki Racing and uh, look out for them on Twitter as well where they'll tell you about their daily price boots. That's that's uh, Kaluki, K-A-L-O-O-K-I-R. Uh, follow them on Twitter for their daily price boosts. Be well, be safe. Talk to you soon. The Final Furlong Podcast is proudly brought to you by All About Sunday, the ultimate racehorse ownership experience. Download the app and get involved today. All About Sunday, we love racing. And by our official betting partner, Kaluki Sportsbook, the market-leading messenger betting service, providing best odds guaranteed on UK and Irish horse racing, plus with the option of instant withdrawals. Visit kalukisportsbook.com to sign up now.